Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. everybody, I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. Uh, this week, Sarge is being replaced by the, the, the Trapezoid of Discovery. Is that right? Did I get it right? That's Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I am uh, Trapezoid of Discovery, a.k.a. Get Innocuous on Twitter. Aha! And we are also joined, as always, by the Mysterious L. Happy New Year, my beautiful babies! We, <laughs> we did it. We made it through. Yes. Another year of this madness that we have all been totally immersed in, in Hellworld. And, and, uh, and now, that, now that Q's been gone for a year, the, the QAnon thing is over. We're all, we're all out of work. Applause. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> My ultimate handshaking over your shoulders motion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's one of the funniest things that people would tell me is that they'd ask me like, hey, like now that Q's gone, why isn't QAnon gone away? And my reaction will usually be, did Christianity end when they crucified Christ? I mean, just because the hero <laughs> of the story is gone doesn't mean people can't keep telling stories. I mean, that's the this is just a narrative. This is just a grift-based narrative now. So these people aren't going to let it go. They've, they've got uh, faith-healing books to sell. They've got $32 cans <laughs> of coffee to sell. they got to make payments on their Bentley, as Juan 07 makes it clear to us. So, And Q didn't even have the decency to show back up for an Easter. He, did, he didn't like pop back up a little while later and just be like, I'm back and making posts again, and then not going back to space. <laughs> My home planet needs me. <laughs> I'm going to go hang oh. out with L. Ron Hubbard. It's going to be great. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> So yeah, uh, sadly, uh, sadly, the podcast must continue because QAnon remains existent. And since we're talking about QAnon, although I don't think it's going to happen this week, we might get into some dark stuff. So here's a content warning. Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. 
So, uh, Trapezoid, uh, the big news coming from your world was a thread that you posted about what I like to call Doodlegate. So explain the lawsuit that surrounds and why this this quote-unquote piece of evidence is very obviously fraudulent and is going to hurt the people that are being uh, sued in this situation. Yeah, so... Starting uh, a couple days after the election last year, uh, the election that will never end, uh, someone, a, a far right uh, pundit named Joe Altman, uh, has a, who has a, a daily podcast, uh, re- regaled everyone with a story of an Antifa conference call uh, that he was on because there's, you know, of course, like Antifa conference calls. Uh, so the, the story is that he, was tipped off in September to an Antifa conference call uh, that involved a bunch of activists in Colorado and I think specifically like the the Denver area. And while he was uh, eavesdropping on the call, he overheard someone say, uh, or, or someone referred to as Eric or Eric from Dominion. And uh, he later on the call, uh, the, the conversation turned towards uh, the subject of the upcoming election because it was late September and someone apparently said like, what are we going to do if Trump wins? Uh, and in reply, apparently Eric from Dominion uh, allegedly uh, said, we're, I'm, I'm going to make fucking sure of that. Uh, it's not going to happen. And, and, you know, Altman says he, he said some other things, but es- essentially that's it that Altman overheard someone who was identified as Eric from Dominion, uh, on a call in late September with uh, Antifa ask- activists say, I'm going to make fucking sure that Trump doesn't win the election. Uh, so, so you're saying you don't get in on Antifa conference calls? I mean, I, I do one on Tuesdays and Fridays most weeks. I mean, it's pretty pretty standard in our line of work to be, be on the Antifa conference call. I mean, I I've, I've, got I the gold, I've got the gold membership, but no one's been sending me the, uh, the invites. <laughs> gotta, gotta upgrade the diamond! I guess so. <laughs> I picture like an American Psycho style boardroom meeting with a bunch of people that are just like, hello, fellow kids, we are Antifa, please join us for our conference call. And apparently during this call, they refer to everyone by their first name and then where they are employed. Uh, Like Eric from Dominion. I just love the idea that be like, "Uh, yes, uh, Lucy with Antifa here, Eric from Dominion, what do we do if Trump wins? You know, Trump from failed business and former presidency. I, I imagine that's exactly how it went. You know, tr- yeah, Trump from the stakes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Trump from Trump from Trump University. How will we, how will we defeat him? Uh, let's uh, let's get a let's get a hold of uh, Paul from MSNBC to see what he's got what he's got right. lined up for propaganda to make sure this doesn't go through. <laughs> uh, I, I want to see, I see like the focus test footage from when they like screened the the first pass at this like you know Antifa transcript, and at the end of it, the guy's just like pretty good right and they're like uh question who the hell is eric we, we don't know who eric is this is the smoking good you think it is there's a thousand erics and he's like damn it and he's like yeah, just call him eric from dominion so the, the, the people will know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that eric eric from the evil voting service the software company and now i'm very mad at myself that i didn't make my uh, antifa character uh, rachel from msnbc to make it really obvious because that's what right. all the characters have to be it just has to be person who is obviously who they are from business that they are, associ- are associated with a wolf from cnn how are we going to defeat trump i mean just so ridiculous i mean that's a, that's exactly how it goes yeah. So, so, so he, 
So now uh, Eric from Dominion is suing uh, this guy for uh, defamation in this case. And that's the crux of where this is all coming from. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it turns out there is an Eric from Dominion. Uh, it, it, his name is Eric Coomer. And, uh, My God. <laughs> hold on to your pants. Uh, and uh, so on November 9th, I think it was, on his podcast, Altman you know, it told this whole story of this call that supposedly happened September 26th. And uh, something that the, the lawsuit points out that I think is pretty hilarious is that Altman had been broadcasting basically daily uh, between November 26th and, and November 9th. Uh, and, and he didn't feel the need to announce this democracy shattering scheme that he overheard until after the election. Uh, so he, he like sits on this information or, or whatever and, and, and belts it out on his podcast. So, so he, he not only waited until after the election, he waited until Biden was declared the winner by the media. Like what is the <laughs> timeline for that? Cause I mean, the election was on the third and Biden was declared the winner on like the Saturday after. So it was like four or five days later. So like around the seventh or the eighth, Biden was declared right. the winner. So he yeah. doesn't even do this before the election. Then during that tumult where we're just counting the ballots in Philadelphia and pretty much everybody knows Biden's going to win, but the media just won't say it because they don't want to make Trump sad. And then finally on Saturday, they're like, hey, guys, Biden won. We're going to admit it. It's like that whole time he's just totally sound. Only after Biden is officially declared the winner by the media does he then bring up Eric from Dominion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very conveniently. And uh so it, he, he announced it out on his podcast, which at the time, I don't know how, how big of a personality he was. Uh, you know, I imagine he at least had a, a few thousand weekly or daily listeners, but I don't know. I'm, I'm pulling that out of my ass. Uh, so he, he announces that. Then he ends up getting interviewed by Michelle Malkin. Uh, he's either interviewed or mentioned in the One America News Network special that Ron Watkins was in, uh, Dominionizing the Vote, uh, that Trump hyped. And, uh, you know, the, this whole Eric Antifa thing kind of becomes stop the steel Lord and, and spreads throughout the, the ecosystem and, and really begins to gain traction. Um, and, uh, it was, I think before the end of the year, sometime in December, uh, Coomer filed a defamation lawsuit against Altman, One American News, Michelle Malkin, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, there, there's 14 co-defendants total. And, uh, if I remember right, this is like, this was the first big, uh, lawsuit kind of pushing back against all of this, this nonsense. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, so it, that's kind of where we're at now to, to an extent. Um, what's interesting or, or what I find hilarious, and, uh, this is reflected in the, the depositions that you can read from the lawsuit, uh, with like Jim Hoff from Gateway Pundit, uh, Charles Herring from One American News is, uh, you know, the Coomer's lawyers were asking, uh, how did you fact check this? And a lot of the responses were, well, uh, like, I, I think it was uh, Jim Hoft, but it might have been Charles Herring, uh, essentially said, I mean, Michelle Malkin talked to him, and I know Michelle's a, a great reporter. So that's good, right? If you can't trust Michelle Malkin, who can you trust? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So right. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So they didn't even they didn't even bother to fact check what this guy was saying. He just got out there, started riffing on this stuff, and it, it just became gospel in the QAnon world. The way the golden server in Frankfurt or the Italian spy satellites were, and <laughs> we now just had these ridiculous narratives of all these uh, DSX machinism MacGuffins that had stolen the election from Trump. Yeah, so exactly. Is, is there any proof floating around of any of this? Is this like a? Is, I am is this, glad you asked. <laughs> is the answer just no? Is well, that why you? Is that why you're it, glad it's, I ask? It's almost better than no. There is proof ish. So Altman doesn't have uh, a recording of the call. He can't name uh, or at least provide a, a full name. I think he he says whoever tipped him off to the call was, was also on the call, but he's not really revealed their identity. Uh, he's never been able to name anyone else on the call. No one else has stepped forward and said this call happened. Uh, there's, there's no evidence to that extent whatsoever. What we do have are uh, four pages of undated handwritten notes that Altman took that look, you know, very much like you would expect notes from someone like Joe Altman to look at it. At one point, uh, it says like Eric Jedi question mark. They're, they're completely insane. Uh, they, they look like something you'd find uh, on the set of seven or something. Uh, and then a lot of corkboard and string. Just yeah, of, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other piece, and, and this is what I kind of covered on, on Twitter last week is uh, he has a screenshot that he said was from September 26th of a Google search for the words, Eric, Dominion, Denver, Colorado. And so his his rationale there is, why would I have the screenshot of me doing the search on September 26th if I didn't hear someone identified as Eric from Dominion on an Antifa conference call say that they were going to steal the election for Trump? I would only ever search that if I heard that happen. And so here is the screenshot I am telling you is from September 26th. Does he have any sort of answer for people saying, well, my my justification for that is what you were doing is a complete fabrication that you planned. Like, has anyone just pushed back on him and just be like, what you're saying is a lie and a theatrical lie that you have plotted out. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, the the lawyers have, uh, I mean, his deposition, he was really standoffish uh at one point uh this is kind of a tangent but i i happened to re-see this today and it made me laugh uh he starts talking about how he thinks the judge in the case is antifa and his lawyer cuts in and because i think he says something along the lines of do you want me to talk about how the judge is is antifa and his lawyer just in the transcript you just see no don't (laughs) like he's uh he's really you know, boisterous and it, he, he's basically doubled down on the screenshot on the notes. He, that's his only thing he has to fall back on is, is why would I have this screenshot of a Google search, which is a super normal thing people do uh, that, you know, happened in, in September 26th. But the, the catch is, and, and I had been looking at the screenshot for a while before this stood out to me. Uh, you know, it, it's a screenshot that only shows the Google results and the, the search bar uh, there's nothing particularly interesting in the results. There are a few things that uh, specifically mention Eric Coomer. There's a few things that mention other Eric's in Denver that for some reason were on a page that had Dominion and the name somewhere, you know, like old Dominion uh, college or something like that. Um, and uh, I, I had been looking at the screenshot for a while 
uh, and uh, kind of had like a, a Doc Brown and Back to the Future fall and hit your head on the toilet. Think of the flux capacitor moment and, and looked at the Google Doodle, which is the, uh, you know, the Google will decorate their logo anytime there's a special occasion or, or for various things. Um, and uh, I, I looked and noticed that you could see the Doodle in the screenshot. Um, and then, uh, you know, Google will also keep an archive of these doodles online. Uh, I went back and looked, uh, at the doodle for September 26th. Turns out there was no doodle for September 26th. Uh, I scrolled forward a bit and noticed that the doodle visible in the screenshot matches exactly the doodle that was used on November 11th, uh, for veterans day 2020. That's the first and only time that picture had ever appeared publicly and yet here it is in a screenshot supposedly taken on September 26th. Hence Doodlegate, I get it. And yeah. now I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. My God, it's a, it's a smoking doodle. Yes. <laughs> it's the, it is a smoking doodle. So, I mean, it really looks like, again, he just tried to, he created this whole story around that time, around November, around the time of his uh, podcast where he announced this information on November 9th. And then... Uh, a couple of days later, when he had to try to figure out how he was going to backfill this nonsense, he creates this screenshot on November 11th and claims it's from September before the election. So this whole story, the timeline of it lines up to be much more in line with him, him just creating it out of whole cloth on November 9th and then panicking and starting to work on how do I backdate this? How do I get all this stuff to make it look like I was sitting on this? Which again, him sitting on this looks terrible for him. If you actually think right. about it, for it, it, this is one of those things where the, the the headline in the story is supposed to just activate your outrage sensor, so you just get mad about an Antifa conference call and you're furious that Eric from Dominion stole the election, and you they never want. I've you to always take, hated Eric from Dominion. Oh, we've always been at war with Eric from Dominion. And they never want you to like sit down, take a couple deep breaths, and then think to yourself, wait a minute, this guy who is the, the guy that me and my like thousand friends have been listening to on a podcast every so often, who our tiny community of Joel Oldman fans, we are not thinking about the fact that he is telling us that about a week before the election, he heard the election was being stolen. And while we were all nervously watching our screens as the Biden number was going up and the Trump number was going down during the week of counting, he never was telling us about Eric from Dominion's plot to fuck us over. And only now, only after evil Grandpa Joe and Jezebel Kamala are now about our president and vice president-elect, only now is Joel coming forward with this information. I mean, uh, you, you could have saved America, buddy, if you just right. gotten off your ass. I mean, yeah. hey, hey for- forging evidence takes a while. <laughs> like, like yeah, the, the, this, this evidence is just going to forge itself. Nothing. Yes. I have to handwrite notes. I have to do Google searches and then take pictures of it with my flip phone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There, there's a whole thing too about how he uh, he had a phone that had more evidence on it, but it it ended up broken. So like he submitted as part of evidence a picture of a broken iPhone. Like it mean, happens a, all the time. It happens all the time. I mean, that's the only phone I keep all my my Eric from Dominion evidence on. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't upload it to the cloud. I just, just no, none of that. No backups. <laughs> no fail safes. 
Yeah. Yeah. You should see I, this I guy's even... Bigfoot photography. It is extra blurry. Like, you <laughs> wouldn't believe how blurry it is. <laughs> I, I, that's like one of my favorite things in the conspiracy genre is the person that was going to blow the case wide open. And they, then they always mysteriously get killed or they mysteriously have something happen to the evidence. It just, it always, it always somehow goes uh, tits up on them when like they were just a moment away from certain victory. It was, they were always on the, on the precipice of, of blowing this whole thing wide open. And then something went horribly wrong, tragically. Well, they I mean, Hey, so the, the Clintons are just good at what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Clintons let you get so close to uncovering their their criminal cabal, and then they just crush your dreams at the last possible second. That's yeah, why for, for legal reasons, I don't want to get into exactly what they do. But <laughs> listener, be assured that I am putting my thumb firmly across my throat if you catch my drift. <laughs> exactly. If you cross the, the Clintons, you get that thing yes. that doesn't play on radio nope. that I'm doing, that I assure you. Yeah, just, just this is the theater of the mind in podcasting. Right. Just, yeah, just, just work with us here. So, uh, so exactly. Besides uh, Joel Altman, uh, who are the defendants in this case who are now uh, looking at Joel Altman's evidence melting away before their very eyes and asking their lawyers? Um, so, how big do we cut the check to Eric Coomer here? I mean, what are we going to do, boss? That's like. Let me see if I can pull up the, the full list. Um, and uh, yeah, it, what you brought up to you is, is pretty funny because I, I after seeing the, the doodle thing, uh, went back and looked at um, you know, other instances and like motions to dismiss filed by other defendants that may have relied on, on Joe's supposed proof. Uh, to, to back their claims. And, and there were at least a, a handful, uh, one I specifically recall from One America News, where they, yeah, they, they essentially were just like, I mean, they, they said the same thing, but very lawyerly. Like, why would he have this screenshot? Like he's the screen. In, in fact, they called it irrebuttable, uh, the, the screenshot of the search results. And it's, I, I would love to know what those lawyers are thinking now. Um, <laughs> Those lawyers are thinking that our our billable hours are still on your record. You payment is due. Right. We did our level best to help you, but now uh, pay us our fees, and then we're going to tell you how much you need to settle for, which is whatever this guy wants, basically, because uh, our your irrebuttable evidence has now been uh, butted quite successfully. <laughs> All right, this, this seems like a law and order episode. Where it's just like, you know, there, there's like one plucky clue that somebody like discovers at the end. And it's like, oh, snap, this turns everything on its head. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it's all simple enough that the audience can keep up with it. It doesn't it doesn't require any sort of special legalese. Like these people were just like, hey, our proof is rock solid. You just no possible way you could rebu- rebuke this proof. It's just irrebuffable. And you're just like, OK, well. Uh, what about that Google Doodle? They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love the Dick Wolf, bong bong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I love that like this this tiny thing that is like the, the the fact that like the Google image is just so seared into our memories that you don't even notice the doodles like half the time now because they're like oh 
you usually give me the search bar. Let me type in whatever whatever I need to look for today. What 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 exotic form of fetish porn am I am I trying to find? And then you just move on. You just move on to your search results. You, you completely ignore the doodle. So like never in a million years would this guy have thought that like the doodle would be remotely interesting or important to the case. That like the Google would be a timestamp to show when he actually did the the, the search. For uh, Eric from Colorado Dominion, Eric the bad man who stole the election from Trump, or whatever the, the actual search was. Yeah, I think the book should be called Achilles Doodle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> New York uh, Times bestselling Achilles Doodle. <laughs> yes, that that's the that's the dream. I, I think I, I found the list here. So the, the full list of defendants in the case are Joe Altman, uh, FEC United, which is uh, an organization run by Joe Altman that also has uh, a militia arm. Uh, they're, they're known for showing up and, and pushing back at uh, school board meetings uh, and, and things like that, uh, as well as a, a company that, um, called Shuffling Madness Media, which it looks like is the the DBA doing business as for uh, Altman's conservative daily media situation. Uh, James Hoft and uh, Gateway Pundit, uh, Michelle Malkin, uh, Eric Metaxas, which if I remember right, is a radio host on, um, on Salem, on, on some Salem media radio station. Um, Herring Network, so One American News. Chanel Rion, who's one of the uh, OAN anchors, uh, let's see, Sydney Powell and uh, her, it said, and Sydney Powell PCs. I, I don't know what that means, but uh, so Sydney Powell uh, defending the Republic, which is Sydney Powell's uh, PAC or or nonprofit uh, grift, right? Uh, I, I forgot that the Trump campaign is also named uh, as is Rudy Giuliani. So uh, <laughs> a, a real who's who. <laughs> Yeah. The, the, the guy doing $400 cameos is getting hit with a, yet another lawsuit. I love I love how beyond broke Rudy's going to be at the end of all this shit. It's just so funny. He's just going to be like, God damn it, these, these Dominion guys, they just don't quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a, a sweating shoe polish all over his face. Yes. Right. God. I, I the, the uh, gateway pundit getting drilled made me so happy because that guy is absolutely the total worst, and the fact that the fact that he now literally exists almost entirely to get QAnon clicks and reposts on Gab and Telegram and all other alt media sources. I mean, it's just the most pathetic way to live is just writing these ridiculous headlines like, will Trump be reinstated? Shocking evidence. And and then you read it and it's just a bunch of nonsense and it has nothing to do with anything. In his defense, if they ever did have any evidence, it would be shocking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If they were that just like, hey, here's a, here's a thing that we're going to say and we can prove it. It would be like, oh, damn, really? Wow, <laughs> that is stunning. <laughs> that, that is true. That it, it would be worthy of that breaking headline. My, yeah, my, yeah. So, so far, they are batting one thousand and not serving it up. No, my favorite Gateway pundit article of recent memory was uh, when they when they realized that 
uh, Youngkin winning in Virginia may be bad for their paranoia-based audience and branding. So some guy wrote an article that was like, was Youngkin's win a deep state plant to appease patriots? And it was just like, did the deep state control this election and just throw us a bone so they can rig 2022 and 2024? Are our elections still rigged? And I was just like, man, just go in 9D chess to keep your audience paranoid and out of their minds. It's I, it's so beautiful. Like, just like the, the inside of the writer's room, and it's like two guys at their desks, and one guy's like reclining back in his chair, tossing a Nerf football into the air to himself, and the other guy's just like, <laughs> how are we going to spin this one? And the football guy catches the football, looks up, and just goes, Deep State plot? And then they both look at each other and nod knowingly. <laughs> that's their solution for every single thing. That'd be great. Yep. yep. Just Deep State plot. Everything's a Deep State plot. We can make, we can, we can make that a 15-second sitcom. Yes. <laughs> if Quibi... Qu- 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 yes. Saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though you're dead, come back. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a 17-minute show about the, the, the writer's room for QAnon. Mike, you great. and I need to book our, our flight down to Dallas so we can start waiting around at the grassy knoll for Quibi to come back. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our gimmick. We're going to show up with signs that say, bring Quibi back and just yeah. integrate ourselves with those lunatics for that yeah. purpose. That'd be yeah, great. We just get on Negative 48's live stream and all we're doing is just pitching shows to Quibi. It's just, it's just, <laughs> we're just trying to make it. That's all we're doing. And Negative 48's got a big audience. Also, everyone who, or everyone else who's around him should please leave. You're in a cult and it's, it's hurting your families. This is bad. Please stop. Vertical format is the future. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> All right, rock on. Well, uh, Trapezoid, anything else that uh, the, the folks at home should know about this land bank lawsuit? Did you say that it was so, so so far the lawsuit has been, you know, doled out, but th- th- that that's where it stands currently. The, I mean, the Doodlegate it, thing debunks the, the, one, the one actual piece of evidence that may have been presented. And aside from that, we're just sort of waiting to see how badly this guy gets smashed. Yeah, I mean, at this stage, it's actually in... Uh the the defendants filed an an anti slap motion so I, i'm absolutely not a lawyer but my understanding is that uh slap is essentially a, a law to help prevent frivolous lawsuits uh so there there was some like initial you know lawyering that happened uh the anti slap stuff got filed uh they have to wait for that to finish up i think that's where we're at now and then uh you know things will proceed from there the the thing that sucks about following this is the the Colorado state court websites uh, don't really make it easy to access electronic case files or dockets or anything like that. So it's really difficult to, to figure out uh, at any given point where this is. But uh, yeah, I, I think probably within the next month or two, we'll start to see some more movement on this uh, as the anti-slap stuff gets done and, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, uh, I, I I do know a little bit more about SLAP, even though I'm not a lawyer. But that what you said is basically true. It's like if I file a bullshit lawsuit against somebody in a state with a, a SLAP statute, then the person that's being bullshittedly sued by me can file a SLAP injunction. And if the judge rules in their favor, I have to pay my own lawyer's fees and your lawyer's fees for even putting you through this shit. So that's why when you see all these like lunatics like filing lawsuits against like Hillary Clinton or any other public figure getting ready to tear them down, 
they always go to a, a state with no slap uh, statutes. So they can just file that lawsuit, only have to pay their lawyer, who's probably just doing it themselves to get some publicity. And then when the motion to dismiss is filed, they, they're not on the hook for anything more than their own like lawyer's fees and the publicity they generated from the bullshit. That's why, like, you don't see you don't see shit like this being filed in California because they will crush you if you do that shit in those states. And even though I am not a lawyer, here I am with even more information about slaps. <laughs> like that'd be great, right? If I just started yeah. there, and I, and I just said I was just like, here's here's the real technical nitty gritty about it. Not a lawyer, yeah. but here here we go. Yeah. <laughs> We become the I'm not a lawyer, but podcast. We're just going on and on about. How I, we... I might not be a lawyer, but this is legally binding law advice. And you <laughs> yes. Should, you should take all of it immediately. <laughs> yes. You should absolutely trust and listen to us on all the things that we're talking about. So, <laughs> so I think we've uh, covered uh, Doodlegate and the lawsuits thereof. And again, we have to wait for the uh, legal system to slowly grind its way towards uh through this process and now that as we've explained the lawsuit isn't frivolous and they don't have evidence to defend themselves with uh hopefully once we get through the that the slap statutes then we can get to the real meat and potatoes of these people being forced to retract and cutting eric coomer a check so that'd be nice it'll be the prestige Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're we're still waiting on the prestige of the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, trial. The, that jury is really dotting their I's and crossing their T's. I mean, you, uh, you wouldn't know it by how little press it's been getting. Oh, absolutely none. Absolutely none. Every, total radio silence. I love that so much. Ghislaine who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what so, trafficking? I don't get it. Yes. <laughs> so let's play the news bump and start talking about that stuff. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. Way to trick our audience because we're not talking about that, at least as far as my notes go. Uh, instead, yeah. we, have, we have to talk about somebody called Let's Go Brandon Dad, which I have <laughs> in my notes here as LGB Dad, which is very close to being a cool thing that we would not have to discuss. <laughs> uh yeah sadly uh so this is about a guy uh i believe his name is like is jason schmeck or like was somewhere along those lines but uh that sounds right yeah that was who well, he yeah. was before he put on the mask yes exactly so so our uh our beautiful schmuck uh, schmucky schmecky guy uh he um decided to uh, jump in on the call where uh, the president and the first lady are tracking Santa on NORAD and they're having all these kids call in and talk to them about, oh, hey, I hope that Santa gets me this. And then the president, who in this case is Joe Biden, even though some people will tell you that he's not really the president, and Biden will be like, yeah, I hope you get your toys too and have a great Christmas, little kid. So just this little PR thing for the president. And after some kid talked to uh, Biden, his dad grabbed the phone and gave a let's go Brandon to uh, Biden. And Biden probably knew what the guy was saying, but he wasn't going to take the bait. So Biden was like, hey, yeah, let's go Brandon, whatever. Waka waka. Hey, hey, yo. And then they moved on to the next call because, again, he's the president. He really doesn't care about this stuff. So immediately QAnon just like fell all over themselves. This was the greatest thing in the history of the universe. The president totally got sick owned. Biden Biden told himself to go fuck himself. Boom. How do you like them apples libs? Oh, we totally won. And they were the happiest clams in the sea over this whole thing. And then 
the people doing what they do, they figured out who this guy was, and they were like, yo, guy, uh, using your kid's call to the president to talk about the gifts he's getting for Christmas and Santa and all that stuff, and turning it into an excuse to yell at the president to use your coded swear words at him, that's not great. I mean, dude, I mean... Don't don't turn your don't steal your kid's moment to shine to make it all about yourself. And also, I don't know, don't insult the president when he's trying to be nice to your kid. So And, the, uh, and then at the end of that conversation, he was like, But my son's name is Brandon. <laughs> he's Brandon. <laughs> that would have been so great. Leave me alone, you liberals. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Curled up in a fetal position, just going, he's Brandon. <laughs> I was just celebrating my son getting a phone call from the president. That's all I was doing. Mommy, is daddy going to be okay? No, no, little Brandon. He's dead to us now. (laughs) Uh, So that was almost the story he told CNN when he got on CNN, where he he proclaimed that he wasn't a Trumper, that he's just an independent guy, that, like, hey, he just gave Biden the razzle-dazzle because he isn't that enamored with him, but... It was all in good fun. He really didn't mean that much by it. You and know what he should have yelled? Baba Booey. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what this headline was going into that. I just randomly brought up the Baba Booey thing earlier like an idiot. And now, full circle, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually did see that uh, from some people on Twitter. I was like, I remember when prankers would just say Baba Booey. I mean, I remember back when this was like just a weird riff to show your solidarity of Howard, Howard Stern. It wasn't just a way to yell at the president in coded swearing. Is this guy and, one of the jerky boys? Did we <laughs> did we uh, did we unmask one of the jerky boys and his son Brandon? Oh, that'd been so great if we had. Uh, so after he had his little star turn on CNN, where he gave his mea culpa and was all uh, recalcitrant and sad about having uh, done this terrible thing, he then immediately went on Steve Bannon's podcast while wearing a MAGA hat and declared that the election was 100% stolen, Trump is the legitimate president, Trump is his president, and he immediately just cut the brakes and went straight to right-wing grifter town. So, I mean, it was just absolutely it, – it took him all of, like, 15 minutes to pivot from the poor put-upon guy that was just, like, telling a joke to Joe Biden to just being, like, hashtag stolen election, hashtag, like, Trump's my president – and uh, if Steve if Steve Bannon could uh, get me on that right wing grift and like help me launch my own podcast or whatever, I'm here for it. I'm I'm doing it. And I mean, it's just. And he's like, I, mean, I don't know who likes Trump more, me or my son, Brandon Jerky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Bannon's going to hook him up with a few uh, "Let's Go Brandon" crypto coins, since that's a the LGB coins is a new thing that they they've launched. I love that uh, Bannon has just created another scam after the wall scam that he was convicted for and then got pardoned for by the president who was Trump at the time, but he's just back to doing this shit. And like, now you don't even get to have a fake way to hate immigrants with a wall that won't be built. Now you get a way to be mad at Joe Biden for a valueless cryptocurrency. I just, it, it, Man, it's so like, oh, how blockchain just must get scammers just so horny. They, they like, there is some serious <laughs> blood flow. Like when these scammer types hear anything about blockchain, 
Yeah, it's like, oh my I God. Mean, it's basically, yeah, they're like, think about pump and dump schemes, but you can get away with it anonymously and there's no regulations. Oh, I mean, that's something I saw in crypto like months and months ago was people just openly talking about doing a pump and dump and explaining that, look, what we're doing is legal because there's no regulation. You can't do this in the stock market, but you can do this here because nobody in our government has a fucking clue what crypto is. Like, these are the people who think the Internet's a series of tubes. They're never going to understand how uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of this stuff works. Like, literally, uh, they're going to have to hire crypto specialists to write a law to, like, regulate or outlaw crypto. And that's going to happen, like, never. I mean, uh, Kristen Cinema just got bought out by big crypto to, like, cut some regulation out of a Senate bill. So these people are already making enough money scamming people that they're, like, buying legislators. So... Uh, also, I, and I mean, this has fuck all to do with QAnon, but I, I do just love that uh, thanks to the presence of all of these cryptocurrencies, at any moment, richest person in the world, Elon Musk, can simply wave his digital hand over a currency and make, like, thousands of people millionaires. He can just be like, mm, yes, Brandon Coin looks pretty good to me. And then, ding, all of a sudden, the, <laughs> the Brandon Coin disciples all get their huge payday. <laughs> What a fucking dystopia we live in. Where like yeah, joke currency literally named after internet memes, and then richest man on the earth, Elon Musk, can just wave like I named my baby a cosine or whatever. It could just you like wave his hand and turn thousands of people into billionaires. I I, I hate it so much. Nothing says dystopia like the term Kristen Cinema got bought out by big crypto. Yes. Did, yeah, did that's Big Crypto just buy a stadium? Did, like, is it one of the yeah, American football? Like, yeah. 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 yeah, it's the Crypto.com stadium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not even just crypt- Crypto.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. We got, we got Matt Damon doing a commercial about how young people having sex is basically akin to the Wright brothers maybe having the first man to flight, and that you can be like these two things if you buy crypto. It's that commercial blows my mind every time I watch it because I'm just trying I'm trying to see the through line between all the different characters in the in the commercial and I'm just not seeing it. I really want to add this up. I really want to understand what's going on. It's like how are people hanging out at a rave equal to the Wright brothers? Just just square that circle for me. That's all I want. I can die happy if someone were able to do that for me, but I don't think I will. Mike, I just I just took a, a new dose of my sellout pills, and it occurred to me that if we keep ragging on big crypto, we'll never be able to sell out as hard as we want. <laughs> hey, uh, crypto's great. Any uh, any crypto uh, currencies who want to invest in in advertisement on the Adventures of Telework podcast, hit us up. We will. Yeah, dude, abs- do you have an, do you have an NFT exchange you want us to hawk? Well, then, boy, howdy, I show will learn what the hell that is. We will will hawk crypto. We will hawk pictures of bored apes. Whatever the whatever the fuck it is you kids are doing that you're spending your money on, we're here for it. We we have no souls, and we are totally in it to win it on this stuff. Ah, I love that. Like let's let's go, uh, Brandon Dad. Segue to Steve Bannon. Segue to crypto so smoothly, and just and. 
And did did we know, ever get resolution of the of the let's go Brandon dad thing, or did we just riff ourselves into oblivion? Like we riffed ourselves into oblivion because there's really no resolution because the guy just took the mask he, off after, he just, after like, his, he just showed up and was a piece of shit, and that's <laughs> and that was him. <laughs> yeah, he basically yeah. Well, the the other, the other little point of the story I, I remember seeing from people was. Uh, people getting all up in arms that we were giving him too much attention because they were like, Lauren Boebert turned being the main character of, of Twitter into being a congresswoman. And I'm like, actually, she was putting in a lot more work than just getting Twitter famous for a day for being a shithead. Yeah, she owned like a restaurant or whatever where yeah. you got discounts if you were openly carrying weapons because she's crazy or whatever. <laughs> Right, yeah, she had the open carry bar, she had gotten in Beto O'Rourke's face, she she was like, she had groundwork on top of getting Twitter famous for a day. Like, Bean Dad isn't going to become a Republican congressman from some district somewhere, because he was a weird asshole to his kid. Like, and, we, and everyone put him on blast for uh, it. Mike, I believe you mean Governor Bean Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Checks the newspaper. <laughs> Fucking Illinois. I didn't expect it, but hey, it happens. Son of a bitch. Your, your oh, honor, the proud judge being dad presiding. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Associate Supreme Court Justice being dad. <laughs> Trump snuck him in under the wire. It's like General Bean Dad of the United States Army, which is my seamless way of segmenting into our next headline, which is the Army vaccine. Another thing that I know absolutely nothing about. Listeners, I'm so pleased to have been so disconnected from the world during my vacation that I don't know a single thing about a single one of the topics we've discussed this week. We're, I'm going into it completely blind, and it's incredible. I'm just going to rub it on all of your faces. I, I, I got to disconnect. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> So uh, the Army vaccine is, uh, uh, the news has come out that the Army has been testing a sort of uh, mega vaccine for COVID that will be able to uh, defeat all, all current and hopefully future variants of the virus that this will be able to handle Delta and Omicron and whatever Omega, Gamma, whatever else might be down the pike, that this is a, uh, that this is something that is working on a, uh, on a uh, baser level. So the spike proteins that are changing in between the different variants, those changes won't impact this uh, vaccine. Uh, QAnon has decided that this is uh, proof that, again, Trump is the greatest human being who has ever lived and um, that this was the actual fruit of the labor of Operation Warp Speed, that all the bad vaccines we've seen before this were the deep state fumbling around in the dark and flailing and putting out their deadly toxic poison vaccine that's bad and awful and then Trump uh, hoodwinked them by creating the army vaccine, which is good and noble. But, but the, the really funny thing to me is that these QAnon promoters still do not have the balls to tell their audience to take the, the army vaccine because they know the word vaccine is so toxic and so deadly in their community that they just can't do it. They cannot... Uh, finish the story the way it has to finish, which is, okay, guys, Trump made the army vaccine and it stops all COVID always and forever once it gets uh, FDA approved. So we should take it and win. They can't do that. They can't say it 
because they know telling their audience take a vaccine that's the surest way to get like just thrown off QAnon Island just be excommunicated from the community because it is like they should just rebrand it they should call it super soldier serum oh god it's just like hey here's would you like some of this super soldier serum and they could be like well what does that do and it's like it makes you 100% immune to the effects of COVID-19 and then they're like oh that sounds pretty good and it's like it does sound pretty good let's get you some of this super soldier serum right now yeah chris evans Uh, can be there shaking hands you'd be like i'm free to shake your hand because i've taken the serum and they're like oh my god i want to be captain america (laughs) except for the whole part where captain america fights nazis because uh you know nazis were probably good guys can i can i just say that i want to do that without actually doing it or even better can i neither say i want to do that or do it that'd be great (laughs) <laughs> yes. In, in fact, could I kind of be a Nazi? Is that allowed? Is that on the table? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a possibility? <sighs> oh. Now, uh, this gets even dumber and weirder when you actually like get into the QAnon uh, mindset about what's going on in our world. Because on top of the army vaccine being this really good thing that's going to save us all from the bad guys... The, the the Omicron vaccine, the Omicron variant, is actually something that Trump created during Operation Warp Speed to push out the deep state Delta variant, which is deadly and bad, because Omicron is incredibly contagious, incredibly viral, but it's also milder and it will hurt less people and give more people natural immunity. And that was the first way that Trump was going to defeat COVID was by creating this incredibly uh, viral, but also mild version of COVID. But he also knew that the deep state was eventually going to create a a variant against his variant, which is why he had the army create a vaccine against all variants on top of the Omicron thing. So if your head hurts and you want to lay down now as you're thinking about all this, trust me, I had to do that for a while myself. Because this is the level of 90-dimensional madness chess they've been playing with the Omicron outbreak. I missed that development. So now that I've picked my job off the floor, the, the lore now is that Trump created Omicron to wipe out Delta because it's more mild. Yes, it's more contagious and more mild. And this is how we're all going to get natural immunity. Before the Army vaccine came out, there were QAnon promoters that were just like, get Omicron, get COVID now because it's mild and it will give you natural immunity. You won't need vaccinations. Everything's great. Just just, just have an Omicron party. Just like find someone who's contagious and just get in with them. Just catch this really mild version of the virus. Uh, which, but that's, uh, that's such bad writing because that doesn't explain why Trump would be pro-vaccine. What the narrative should be is that at some point Trump was allowed to pivot to actively promoting the vaccine uh, because he needed data from gullible liberals uh, who didn't know the secret code of take vaccine means not take vaccine. So that way he could develop his super army virus that will destroy COVID runs for all. And he did that at the expense of all these stupid liberals that use as guinea pigs. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That this is why, if you ever uh, decided to take the black pill of sell alt and all and become a QAnon promoter, you would probably be very successful at it. So we need to we need to have. L's moral compass remains strong and, and sturdy in his chest and keep him pointed towards the light and the truth and not to the, the darkness. The light and the truth of crypto. And, yes! Uh, <laughs> you know what? My favorite crypto market is your brand here. See how seamless it was? Crypto. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll shoot for you. <laughs> Dogecoin, etc. Yeah, I mean, hey, so, <laughs> someone needs to make a crypto that's like just literally called like Tulip Coin, just to just really bring up that whole, that whole uh, plight in in ancient world history, and just see if anyone gets it. But then it will become such a meme because people will get it and they'll be like kidding on the square about it, and then Tulip Coin will become worth tons of money, and then you'll cash out and it'll be worthless. You know what we should do? We should we should go old school and we should try to team up with the Freemasons for some sort of Freemason coin and really blow people's minds. Like, what does it mean? what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Lightbringer coin just is some, something that uh, I I don't want to call it Illuminati coin directly because that would scare off too many of our potential customers. But just something that's like just like sinister, but like mysterious and scary and edgy. I think that could that could get us the clientele we're looking for. Um, who would be like our like low rent Matt Damon? Could we get David Spade to shill our crypto? I mean, what's he doing? <laughs> He's like better to do. Uh, I, I, our Army Hammer seems pretty weird. We could probably convince him to do it. <laughs> 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 well, we'll be one. Of, we'll be one of the thousands of people who keeps giving that guy a shot, despite the fact that Hollywood has rebuffed him so thoroughly. The markets are just like, no, thank you, Army Hammer, hard pass. I love. I love. We just call him Hammer Coin. Yes, that's it. We can, get, we can get Army Hammer. We can get MC Hammer. We can get. All, we can get Greg the Hammer Valentine. There's a lot of hammers that are way past their prime. They're looking for a quick buck that we could get in on Hammercoin. <laughs> that would be the greatest because MC Hammer historically associated with like his one big hit song, The Ninja Turtles and Bankruptcy. Yes. <laughs> let's, stick his, let's stick his name on a coin. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, lo- long live the army vaccine. I hope it works out. I can't wait to shoot. What, what they should do is roll it out with 6G. And just really, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I feel like that would really set people off. They'd oh. be like, "Oh my god, what are you talking about?" Like, yeah, oh. dude, the reception's incredible. Oh, the the one last thing about the army vaccine that's awesome was in the uh, in the notes they talked about how it uses a uh, soccer ball shaped protein to like attach all these other different spikes to the soccer ball, so that immediately brought QAnon's mind to the Helsinki press conference where Putin handed Trump a soccer ball. So obviously, they knew about. 
like what was going to happen with COVID and all this stuff. So the soccer ball was a message, a hidden sign for the future. And yeah, because these people will look for any any connective tissue, no matter how tenuous, no matter how ridiculous and far-fetched, in order to uh, make their corkboard and string connect and feel make them feel better about themselves. Speaking of tenuous connective tissue, football and COVID, my next headline is listed on my notes as Green Bay Sweep, which, again, because I know nothing, could be an Aaron Rodgers thing, and if so... Fuck that guy. And also, if not, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, Operation Green Bay Sweep was apparently the code name that Steve Bannon gave to the 1-6 coup and the uh, operation to get people on board with uh, not certifying the election on January 6th. So, um, wow. If you're like, if you're the mayor of Green Bay or whatever, you just got to be out there just being like, what? No, that's crazy. That's not what it's called. I don't know what anyone's talking about. That's so wrong. <laughs> so Peter uh, Navarro, who is a, a Trump, who is a Trump advisor, has apparently gotten out in front of this thing and has been, has been telling everybody, oh, yeah, like this Green Bay sweep thing was a plan Steve Bannon had hatched. And uh, the uh, and, and our our friends uh, Rafael uh, Cruz and uh, Re- Representative neo Nazi Paul Gosart were uh, totally in. They were cool with Operation uh, Green Bay Sweep, and um, they this was basically just an effort to reject the Electoral College certification. I don't know how they thought this was going to work. Because in order to uh, have something like this happen, you need both houses of Congress to agree to it. And uh, at the time, like the Republicans, like, quote unquote, controlled the Senate, because I don't think that um, Warnock and uh, God, I cannot remember the other the other guy who won. Was it? It was Ossoff. Yeah, it was Ossoff and Warnock. Yeah, I don't think they'd been they'd been sworn in yet from the uh, Georgia runoffs. So the Senate was like 49, 48 or something to that effect. But the Democrats controlled the House and they were never going to sign off on an invalidation of the election. So I don't understand why they thought Green Bay Sweep would have any chance to work, even if they had, quote unquote, a hungered congressman in favor of it. But. Uh, yes, uh, I'm Mayor Eric Genrich, and I suggest we call it Operation Patriot Sweep. Sound good? <laughs> a good one? Hey, let's call it the Belichick Sweep, because they're the cheaters. They're the people that try to win, even though they shouldn't. Let's, also, uh, hey, <laughs> QAnon does not believe in coincidences, so I do have to point out that the mayor of Green Bay, his name is Eric, like Eric from Dominion. Think about it. It's all connected. Oh, man. <laughs> EFD. Hammercoid yes. to the moon. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Steve Bannon apparently uh, texted uh, Peter Navarro on January 6th and said, quote, call the play, run the play. So he was totally all in on this dumb football analogy for subverting American democracy and trying to stage this quote unquote legal coup, coup against uh the certification of the Electoral College. This has been a tremendously bad, like, year marketing-wise for 
Green Bay. <laughs> just like, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of negative connotations in the headlines. If you yeah. were to search Green Bay on any given day for what's got what's floating around the news cycle. Yeah. They're like, oh, they won a game of football, and what's this? Like, association with coup to overthrow the government? Or, interesting. <laughs> or, what's a, ooh, anti-vax. Yeah. Big player says, vaccination fake, Joe Rogan is a doctor. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for, for better or worse, I, I had skimmed Navarro's book to, to see if there were if there was anything relevant to the, to the stuff I had been looking at and, and came across this passage. And so it, he, he spells this out and I guess he says the goal wasn't to overturn the election. Uh, and, the, and this is a quote. He said, the goal is to subject the ballots uh, to careful scrutiny and investigation. So I guess he wanted to essentially p- delay the certification so that they could uh, do these forensic audits that they've been hyping. And uh, I think they mentioned, uh, Jovan Pulitzer or something in here somewhere. They, you know, wanted to do the kinematic artifact detection and, and all that. Just insane nonsense that doesn't actually work. Oh, this, this is uh, this is something that Alex Jones has talked about a bunch. Is that uh, on one six that they were they were on the cusp of getting Congress to uh, have a 10-day deferment while they looked over the ballots in the six contested states that Trump thought he won in, but uh, were certified even though they shouldn't have been. And that this plan was about to work, that like literally Mike Pence was ready to send those electors back and uh, call call for this 10-day stay. But then Antifa and the FBI broke into the Capitol all hell broke loose. Everything went crazy. And then the plan was quashed. And then they certified the election at two in the morning and all this stuff. When I mean, again, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a Packers playoff run to me. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Everyone's just like, look at him go. It's going to, it's going to work out great. It's flawless. What a team. And then they make the playoffs and poop all over themselves. They're just like, yep. maybe next time. Yep. Welcome to another NFC title game where Aaron Rodgers shits the bed yet again. That, such as the way of life. When you're yeah, maybe maybe if you're lucky, Tom Brady will let you hold one of his Super Bowl rings. <laughs> one of his enumerate uh, Super Bowl rings. But uh, the so like that, that the, Mike Pence had come out that morning saying that he wasn't going to do anything. That's. That's where the riot happened, was Trump getting in front of a crowd and being like, sounds like Mike Pence is going to fuck this up. I mean, we we thought Mike Pence was a good guy and a team player and he was going to do what needed to be done, but it's looking like he's not going to do that now. So maybe you guys need to run up to the Capitol and give him a little dose of courage, make him see the, the right play here is the Green Bay sweep. And then the crowd's like, what does that even mean, Trump? He's like, I don't know. I didn't even say it. Shut up. I'm not talking to Bannon about a coup. I don't know what you're talking about. Just just run up to the Capitol and do something. It'll be great. And so, like, that was – that's one of the myths they've created after the fact about uh, what happened on 1-6 was that uh, we weren't planning on decertifying the election. We were just looking for a stage to resolve some questions we had with those ballots. Which yeah, we meant a thorough sweep of the ballot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we we didn't just want a Green Bay Wisconsin sweep. We also wanted a Michigan Detroit Lions sweep and an Arizona Cardinals sweep. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what you do with Pennsylvania because that's both Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. So we have like a Steeler Eagle hybrid amalgamation thing. 
it's no like way. A, Steve Bannon just really respects the election integrity in Green Bay. So <laughs> when, when he orders a Green Bay sweep of some ballots, you know that he really means business. He's like, yes. we're going to do this Green Bay style. <laughs> you damn right. So yeah, that like all of their bullshit they've talked about when it comes to what happened on one six is that they had a they had a multitude of dumb different plans they were going to try to. Um, put into place, but none of them were going to work because Mike Pence directly said, look, I'm just going to, I'm just going to certify the election. I have no other options. That's the only thing I can do under the 12th amendment. So what are you going to do about it? Stage a riot and have people breaking down the doors of Congress, chanting, hang Mike Pence slash slash cut to that exactly happening. And being like, Oh, I guess they are going to just try to kill me because I won't go along with their plan. That's my favorite part of this whole thing is that Mike Pence is like such a squish that like literally Trump tried to have him killed. And he's like still on the media being like, I respect President Trump. I love my time serving under him. It was a great administration. That uh, whole the, one the, st- those people were chanting hang with Pence, not yeah. hang Mike Pence. <laughs> yes. They just wanted to spend time with the guy because they, like, you know, he's like Trump's buddy. Right. So when they, when they showed up on their sightseeing tour, they were just like, we want to hang with Pence. Hang with Pence. <laughs> exactly. Go find them so we can fist bump. Yes. 100%. That was all they were going to do with their fists and him. <laughs> so, so I think. Somebody that- go make sure he's plugged in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that mother will let him hang out with us. That, oh. that that man still, he's just like proof that cyborg technology exists and yeah. like people are using it right now. <laughs> I just I, I, I just love the stories that when Trump had the really bad COVID and was like on death's door, nobody told Pence. Like literally he was totally in the dark that he was potentially like moments away from becoming the president, like out of nowhere. Like he's just like, dumb to dumb. I know Trump's in the hospital, but they say he'll be fine. And then someone runs up to Pence and going, Trump's dead. You're the president. He's like, Bleh? <laughs> that, that's a thing they didn't need to tell him shit about COVID. He's an android. They'll just yes. start, like he, he can't catch the virus, and if he needs to, they'll just download the president program instead of the vice president program. I think we may have <laughs> even talked about this on the podcast at some point. I may have said that exact same thing. <sighs> I'm getting Matrix style deja vu. So like, what what is real and stuff? Alice, etc. <laughs> Well, I think that uh, covers uh, the news of the week. So let's get into the mailbag. Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q&A. So uh, Reverend Xenofact opens up the week by saying, uh, what's the chance the GQP goes anti-vax period? And when does it become widespread among electeds to actual party platform? I don't know how strong anti-vax can be as a like national party uh, goal. Cause I mean, I mean, most of Americans have gotten the vaccine. I, I don't know that this plays well with a large constituent, but I think in like really blood red districts, like Paul Gosser, it's like a lunatic who's anti-vax cause he's in a Republican plus 30 district. So he can say that shit. I, well, I let really, me, let me serve back at you with a grim alternative take. Maybe it's a brilliant thing to run on because it allows people from many different ethnic backgrounds still rally under a pure blood like banner. You know what I mean? That the righteousness that just comes to just be like, yeah, we're united by blood. But in this case, it could be the precious blood of the unvaccinated. 
unvaccinated sperm is going to be the next Bitcoin. I read that on a sign somewhere. Uh, I think that's possible, but I also think that uh, trying uh, minority outreach is one thing that when you're on Gab and Telegram and stuff like that, you see how just there's immediate aggressive pushback against that from the people on those sites. Like, um, I remember seeing uh, someone talking about it was like Ted Cruz was like, my stance on immigration is legal. Yes. Illegal. No. And then an Asian guy on Gab was like, go to hell, Ted Cruz, no immigration. And then Andrew Torba, who's Italian, was like, I agree with the Asian guy, no immigration ever. And it was just like, you you people do understand that you're, you're not like native born. You're, you're not Native Americans, nor are you like, nor can you tie your ancestry to the Mayflower or any shit like that. Like, you're all immigrants of some type of another. So this is ridiculous that you're saying these things. And there's like, nope, just militant racist. That's not what matters anymore. What matters is the purity of our unvaccinated blood. Oh, God, I, I would love for them no, to go we, that are, far. we are the people from the before the time when you guys all lined up to get your DNA all altered. <laughs> yes. So I signed up for real, real humanity here, bruv. <sighs> why why I, am I playing for this team? I should be playing for the other team and making money. <laughs> yeah, I, I, could be, I could be selling hammer coin right now. <laughs> oh, really it, it's, it seems really easy to me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it is easy. If you've ever seen an incredibly lazy uh, QAnon promoter on Telegram, they just like spam a bunch. They get like 20, 30,000 followers. And then they just start selling their audience crypto. It's awesome. I mean, it's just so transparently uh like obviously a scam and all you need to know is like know a few magic words in the QAnon universe and boom you're in you're there you're all set i'm not gonna lie Um, i'm truly not looking forward to what the algorithm has in store for me after every device in my house has heard me say the word crypto or nft like a trillion times today (laughs) they're gonna be trying to sell me the weirdest shit Oh, hey, do, do, do you want this picture of a thing? It's yours. Yeah. Oh, you're going to so many bored apes are going to be in your timeline. You have no idea. Wait, like, get your t- custom gun barrel in the new Battlefield game. Thanks. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Trapezoid, do you have any views on how the Republicans are going to handle being anti-vax? Uh, no, I mean, you guys covered, I mean... I think most of what I would have to add, um, it's, I mean, it, I don't know. It, it seems like the entire party is, is kind of going with whatever is going to get them the most attention and, and clicks. So I, I think if they find that it's going to be advantageous for them to, to go that route, they will. I, it seems like everyone's basically just following the, the trends and, I mean, it's, it's like Cambridge Analytica all over again, where they're looking at data and they're like, okay, yeah, people are really going to love this anti-vax shit. So they, they're going to double down on that or whatever it takes. It, it doesn't seem like <laughs> anyone actually cares anymore. They, they have absolutely no soul in your eyes. And they're just doing whatever they whatever soulless thing they think will do will get them votes. So there, there's no actual principles behind any of this. It's all, yeah, votes and money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, the Republican Party is just nothing about nothing more than the uh, attaining and consolidating of power. That's all they care about. Like, literally, that's it. And uh, yeah, they, and we all know the Democrats hate votes and money. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
So uh, thank you for that incredibly bleak question, uh, Reverend Xenofact. Uh, Klutz Zero asks, uh, given that Trump is seen as part of the vaccine establishment, do you think he will be the 2024 Republican nominee or will they find someone relatively anti-vax? I mean, uh, if he fucking bangs that drum hard enough and this army vaccine becomes a real thing, like if they come out with a shot that literally just obliterates COVID overnight, then yeah, I feel like people would be feeling pretty strong if Trump were to try to take credit for that one because it would just give them a positive thing to rally behind again. Like, right now, Trump kind of just has nothing, like, aside from the fact that he is Trump. Like, you know, the wall thing nobody gives a shit about because of COVID or whatever and the failure of it so far. So he would just, like, like if he could just take credit for a big win, like, yeah, the that shot was my idea. It was my idea the whole time. Like, you you have me on tape saying that I love the vaccine several times. Remember that? I did that because I'm Trump and I'm a genius. And then the Republicans could be like, yeah, he did make the shot that killed COVID. Yeah, uh, it's really funny because um, you have the hardcore anti-vax, anti-Trump, um, like, side of the media. Like, I saw Cernovich, like, post a thing where he's like, I never want this man in public life again after Trump came out in favor of the booster. And there are a bunch of, like... QAnon adjacent like shitheads in the uh, in the Republican Party that are very mad at Trump's pro vaccine stance. I've seen a bunch of people talk about how they prefer DeSantis to Trump, but the problem for any other candidate is that no matter how aggressively pro vaccine Trump is, QAnon will always make apologies for him. They will always make excuses for why what he's saying is actually nine dimensional chess and he doesn't actually like the vaccines and he doesn't want us to actually take them. He's just saying this for the normies, like literally anybody else. If like Ron DeSantis, like was railing against mandates and railing against this, that, and the other thing, but uh, I remember someone asked him if he had taken the booster and he reacted like the uh, interviewer had asked him if he had stopped beating his wife yet. And he like freaked out about it. And he knows that he can't say that he took the booster because that will hurt his bona fides with uh, the, the, his lunatic base. And the only guy who can say that shit and get away with it is Trump because these, these people are hook, line and sinker on him. He's the messiah. He's the, he's the prince that was promised. He was He's the one who will bring balance to the force. So I think it's going to be really hard for the Republican Party to find an anti-vaxxer who has the mainstream uh, credibility to beat Trump on that end. And they're never going to be able to find an anti-vaxxer who's going to be able to crush Trump from that side because the most hardcore anti-vaxxers out there are QAnon and they're giving him a mulligan. I remember one guy said that he's like, well, this, this vaccine is a deep state plot to depopulate the world and Trump supporting it makes me mildly disappointed in him. I just love that. Mildly disappointed. Trump is a genocidal sociopath. I'm mildly disappointed in him. Like, I'm just a little upset that he's supporting the Gates Soros plan to kill us all. Like, but it, it, if Trump gives me a tummy rub, I'll get over it. It'll be okay. We'll be all good. So, it's a weird I mean, place for them to draw that line. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's not weird in an unexpected way. It was completely expected, but when you step back and, and really think about the the things that they could criticize or, or be upset over, like this is this is the one. Right. 
like, like they always talk about like uh, how QAnon's about bringing world peace to the world and Trump's the peace president. They could have got mad about all the arms deals he did with Saudi Arabia and like the atrocities in Yemen. But nope, that all goes down the memory hole. Like the only thing they're debating is the vaccines. Like, Mike, how are you going to hug anything if you don't have arms? <laughs> He's this the president true. of peace. He brought you more arms with which to hug your neighbor. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> That's what Trump's all about. He's all about peace and incredibly effective vaccines that he secretly doesn't want you to take. You just need to read through the lines and see that he's just doing that to uh, trick the libs. Because that's what he's all about. Trump is all about the subtext. The man is not literally just a shrieking, screaming, gibbering lunatic who says exactly what he's thinking at all times with no filter. So uh, thank you for the question, Claude Zero. Uh, The nerdy horror fan asks, uh, will the Q movement finally enter its Jonestown ending next year if it doesn't... if it does, and if it doesn't, what is next for the Q and Q and nonsense crowd? Uh, I don't think there's ever going to be a Jonestown movement. I think that's way overblown. The, I think there's always the danger of lone wolf violence. I think there's always the danger of like a like people hurting themselves or others. But there's not going to be like a mass movement to do something like that. I mean, the scariest thing right now is like the idiots telling each other to get Omicron, but. Even that, I, I haven't, I haven't seen anyone actually uh, listen to that advice. I haven't like seen people saying, "Oh, I got Omicron, Omicron, and it was no big deal. It was no, no, it was no nothing." Like, go out and get it yourself. Like, so I think hoping for a like a massive like fireball of death at the end. That's not what's going to happen because these grifters need their audience alive to make money off them. They're running a scam, and that scam doesn't work if you depopulate your own audience. So they'll sell them horse paste. They'll sell them hydroxychloroquine. They'll sell them zinc and vitamin D. But they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cut their losses at a certain point. They're not gonna tell people to storm the Capitol. And uh, I mean, L's always talked about it, where it's like, try it, try an armed rebellion, try a civil war, see how it works out, see what the payoff is. Because that won't work. And, and they know that. I mean, it's the same reason why they will tell their audience that the voting is hopelessly rigged, but keep voting anyways. Because they, on some level, they know they're lying. On some level, they know they're bullshitting. And they need Republicans to get back in the power to sell more hopium to people. Uh, devolution and all the other bullshit they're selling to people. It has a shelf life. This stuff isn't going to work out. If if Biden wins re-election in 2024, their heads are going to explode. They're never going to be able to tolerate that. So they need uh, they need a Republican daddy who they prefer to be Trump. They prefer that guy back in power ASAP so they can get around to lying about Hillary Clinton being arrested any day now. Like that's the shit they're trying to sell their audience and. They're not going to tell their audience to do something stupid that's going to like shorten their lifespans any more than the COVID misinformation already is. It's not going to get worse than that, I don't think. Wow, Mike is like a top. You spin him up, and he'll just go. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes he'll just hit like all like he'll meander around, but he'll hit all the notes like a Beyblade. <laughs> because <laughs> i think i think essentially like the only thing that i would personally add is that there is always a small chance that in any sort of like 
personality-based cult system like this, that there's at least an offshoot that gets dangerous in that way, like the negative 48 thing. So, yeah, I mean, those just like, you got to monitor those situations because they could get bad. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be like a, like, and now all QAnon followers time to go to the comet, so to speak. If you get what we're saying, everybody get your flavored sugar drink ready. Wink nudge. Like, I don't think that's going to go down. No. Yeah. That, that's, where I was going or what I was thinking about that too is like, yeah, I, I don't think the movement as a whole, but yeah, negative uh, 48 seems like they're getting dangerously close. That entire situation seems uh, just sad, really. Uh, and I, I, I think like now that Q is decentralized after disappearing and we're seeing like infighting between like Flynn and Lynn Wood, that like there's these offshoots and branching situations happening where maybe you know some people will end up following some adherent uh you know down some like dark path but i i don't think as a whole yeah i i agree with you guys i don't think as a whole it's it's gonna head that way oh here's a question for me your friend l uh do we ever think that any of these like splinter q things tries to work itself into like an actual startup religion uh, I think that I have seen people like doing something like that, something akin to it, where you use like the Q drops and the stuff that Q told us as a way to reinterpret the Bible and to try to understand Christianity through the lens of Q. And I think that's a really good way to run a scam because you're just like actually totally immersing Christianity into the QAnon uh, nonsense. And that lets you uh, use uh, the credibility of Christ and God in your community's eyes. So you're, you're willing to stick it out longer because I, I see so many of these uh, QAnon promoters, the longer Trump doesn't go back into office, the longer COVID still exists. They more and more like lean away from Trump or Q saving the day. And they're like, you know, who's going to save the day? God. And the quicker you get to God in the scam, the more likely you are to hold people in the scam. Because, I mean, when you're a cynical atheist like me, religion's the biggest scam in the world. It's the oldest trick in the book. So why would you not like try to get to the destination as fast as possible while maintaining as many of your uh, followers as possible? Good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I mean, I like it, it's obviously not good stuff, but no, but yeah, it's certainly, I mean, like I, I, I genuinely never had that thought before that moment where I was just like, oh my god, what are the chances that some of these people decide to stop, stop going cult with it and start going like we're we're like a more organized attempt at a religion? Yeah, I forget if someone is. I don't. I forget if it was uh, Mark Andre Argentino. I forget who it was, but I know there was one QAnon researcher who actually like infiltrated that group and was like on their live streams as they were like proselytizing that way. So uh, yeah, that's. I'm sure those people are incredibly scary and also really successful at their scam. So yeah, that sucks. Yeah, they um, should cut us in. We need to figure out a way to make yeah, money off these people. Hammercoin. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we had we had a vision we had a vision that jesus told us about hammer coin so get, get on that uh, I'll, I'll try to get in touch with army harry's people yes. like, hey, <laughs> your your boy's not doing so hot in 2021 is there any chance that he would like to endorse this totally legit wank crypto coin <laughs> 
quick, quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Pancake Peasant asks, have people close to you been pilled? Um, I have not met anyone who uh, sort of like fell down the path of QAnon. Uh, me and L have a common friend who uh, went down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories that we talk about to this day. So we, we, we that's like where we were. Uh, I think like the closest thing that ever happened to me was I had a friend talk to me about the Wayfair child trafficking thing. And immediately I just replied back to them and told them it's, it's bullshit. There's nothing to it. And they started fighting back with me. And I, me and another person on the, in the, in the group text spent the next like three hours talking that person down and walking them off the cliff of the Wayfair child trafficking conspiracy theory. And at the end of that period of time, they realized that they were being like just freaking out because uh, they were expecting a child soon. And that was like poisoning their mind and all that stuff. And they realized that we were telling them the truth and the way their thing was all bullshit. But that was like kind at of least, the at least there's an excuse for it. I, I <laughs> imagine a world where you did that. And at the end of it, they're just like, guys, I'm sorry. I've just just been so bored recently. I'm just really bored. <laughs> we get it it's cool like we understand we all get really bored sometimes yeah we all get really bored and decide that it it really spice of our lives to believe that wayfair is trafficking children yeah so yeah uh i have not had anyone act like i've run into people who've been pilled uh i had a co-worker who was aggressively pilled and my days at work when that guy was proselytizing QAnon were uh, very much like uh, Bruce Wayne watching the Joker rob a bank and he just can't like dip out and put on the Batman suit and try to stop it because I just didn't want to start that shit in front of everybody in, in, in ye old casino. So, um, but yeah, personally in my, in my circle of friends and family, I have not had that happen. My dad ended up semi-pilled. He's, uh, which surprised me, he's typically been left-leaning, uh, and uh, he immigrated from Iran in the 70s and, you know, has, has mostly supported Democrats. But uh, there was a bit of Q uh, intersection with Iranian social media activity, especially because uh, a, a lot of Iranians appreciate Trump's hardline stance on Iran, actually, more, more so than, uh, you know, the, the Democratic or, or the approach the Democrats typically take. Uh, you know, because my dad was in Iran pre-revolution and remembered what it was like there. And he he really doesn't like the the mullahs that are in control now. And uh, so to him, Trump's approach of essentially, you know, strong arming them out of power and, and putting heavy sanctions and, and not giving them any slack was was the right way. And he started to kind of go down the, the conspiracy path of while well, the election was stolen from Trump and, you know, he. The, the Iranian government had some hand in it and, and really kind of going on these, these fringe uh, going down these fringe paths, which surprised me. Um, I, and I, I definitely picked up hints of QAnon intersection, but he, he hasn't been, I wouldn't say he's fully Q pill, but he, he does think the election was stolen. He thinks that, you know, Trump would have won and, and all of that. So it's, that was really wild for me. Yeah, he thought he thought, he thought the Ayatollah was in on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 same thing with COVID. Actually, he thought that Iran was involved with that too. Like he, and you know, I, I, I 
sympathize to an extent because the the current Iranian regime that's been in place since the revolution is not great. And I understand wanting to see them gone. And I understand that they've done terrible things, but uh, you know, you, you can't assign everything that happens to them in, in some weird convoluted way. So uh, it just, uh, it's just like a, unfortunately a grim reminder on how these, these things like play, specifically like through the lens of each person's personal perception. Like if you already have a boogeyman, the conspiracy just sort of contorts itself to point to like, like if you're already biased against China, for instance, well then the coronavirus becomes a bioweapon. And you know, like you, you see it like with some, some blue and on stuff. You, you see it with the, with the Russian interference, like, like stuff like that, the Russian psyop stuff. It's just like if you've already got a boogeyman in mind, you can you can conform your opinions to point in that direction. Right. Yeah, it's bias, all, it's bias all, yo. Right, all roads lead to the big bad that I hate. Just how this right. works. Yeah, when all you have is a hammer coin, everything is a nail. <laughs> exactly, boo. Uh, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to clip that. That's gonna be in our trailer. Oh man, that's gonna be so great. Uh, we are we are we are, we are going to become uh, crypto rich after this podcast. It'll be so good. See the crypto um, market so easy, guys. What are yeah. you going to do with your millions of dollars? I'm so excited. Well, I can't wait. Oh, we're we're, we're going to get Elon the plug hammer coin. It's going to be so good. Uh, the left is dead. Asks a question that is perfect right now. Who is shilling the coolest products on the right right now? Uh, the answer is us. We're shilling the coolest products on the right this week. <laughs> hammer coin. <Boom. laughs> uh the thing is is that all these people very much stay in their own lanes i mean bannon with a crypto coin that's that's a scam praying medic like it is so funny to me what praying medic is doing right now because he is just like basically out of QAnon. like he every now and then he'll make a little post where he's like guys the reason why i'm not talking about politics right now is because everyone's already said everything that needs to be said and i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna beat that dead horse I'm going to tell you how you can heal your torn rotator cuff instantly through the power of prayer. Like he's got this massive QAnon audience and now he's just trying to pivot hard into faith healing and and just wanting to sell people faith healing books and courses and all that shit. And all the other grifters like Jordan Sather's all about that wellness stuff. He's got his $32 cans of coffee that I never stopped making fun of, but it's it's always on brand the shit these people are selling. They always have something that is like, oh yeah, you're the like fake Christian guy who's really religious, so of course you're selling faith healing. You're the vaccines are bad guy, so of course you're selling alternative health medicine. Like you're one oh seven, so you're just saying whatever anything anything to anyone in order to make a buck, so you can drive a Bentley and make Jordan say they're really mad that his thirty two dollar cans of coffee can't get him a Bentley. So. I, I, I'll be really interested to see if anyone tries to like break into a different like field. Does, do, does anyone in we, the media or, or any of those people, do they try to go crypto? Does anyone try to like make a move like that? I'm sure like dirtbags, like in the matrix and the like, they got, he has no qualms. He'll do anything for a buck, that guy. So matrix coin coming out soon. Oh God. It's like a Bitcoin, but it's got green squiggly lines flowing down a screen. It's gonna be worth trillions. It's gonna be so good. Just... Oh yeah, it's at some point we have to decide when it's okay to talk about Matrix spoilers because I have some Q related questions about the new Matrix <laughs> movie that I have to run by you, our resident expert on things Matrix and Q. 
Well, uh, I mean, I, I would say the next, because uh, we have the, the holiday episode that, I'll, that we're working on for after this week. So I, I would say the next time we have the full crew on the show would probably be like fair game. That'd be like, that's about a month since the movie came out. So fair Sounds enough. fair to me. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that brings us to our question to numerous, which is what are you looking forward to? Well, let's start with Trapezoid. Trapezoid. What am I looking, looking forward, forward to? to? Uh, in 2022? In general, or just in general, mate. Just, just in, in general. general. This is an open-ended question. <sighs> uh, I'm looking forward to not being online around New Year's week. I need to just sign the the hell off and and not. I need to to disconnect. I need to pull an L and just disconnect and be blissfully ignorant and not know about let's go Brandon Dad or Green Bay sweeps and just <laughs> bury my head in a book or a video game or something the sand anything i highly recommend it i've been i've been finally getting caught up on ted lasso why, why is nobody talking nice. about that show it's so weird <laughs> it's very good it's an underground success if no one yes you're the first person that's brought ted lasso to my attention i'm gonna have to check it out <laughs> indie darling ted lasso yes yes uh so uh so trapezoid is gonna decompress what are you looking forward to l Ooh, I mean, like, I guess I'm technically looking forward to this trip I have next week. Uh, but I'm not, that sort of canceled out by the fact that I'm not super looking forward to having to travel. It's going to be my first time on an airplane during the pandemic. And there's just like no way around it. Um, if I want to do this thing, uh, which was planned before Omicron started spiking up. So uh, I've got me a test tomorrow. I'm going to go take a big boy test and uh, make sure that I'm good for flying. Uh, but provided that the travel ends up being safe and everything is safe and cool, I am looking forward to this trip. It's incredibly vague, but I'm going down to a fun convention style thing for a while. It's my one being reckless. I'm cashing in two years of being reckless equity to finally <laughs> do a thing during the Rona time because I've been pretty yeah. good so far. <laughs> yeah. And aside from that, I'm uh, excited to finally be getting caught up on a bunch of TV and movies <laughs> and stuff. I've been alternating between watching Ted Lasso and the uh, Demon Slayer Demon Slayer Mugen Train arc, uh, and at some point I'm gonna start working in some like Squid Game or other like so Witcher Two or Witcher Season Two. There's a bunch of stuff I need to watch, so I'm gonna continue to do that. Not pay attention to the internet as much, yeah. which is for the best. It's for everyone's mental health. It is absolutely for the best to not be as terminally online as I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, playing Dead Cells because one of my friends just beat me over the head of a drum about how he really enjoyed the game. And it's like a 2D scroller like Metroid with the uh, roguelike mechanics of Hades. And I was like, okay, I'll look at it. And then it was like 15 bucks on Steam. So I'm like, sold, done, in. So uh, I played Dead Cells. It's very good. It's not as good as Hades. Unfortunately, Hades came out and ate that that whole genre's lunch. But it's still really good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to – I've died a couple times playing it. So I'm going to just hang out and play some Dead Cells, which will probably lead me back into playing more Hades because I – I think after 120 hours of Hades, I finally burned out on it, but Dead Cells might be get back in there to finish like the few quests I hadn't completed on the scroll of uh, minor prophecies. So uh, that is 
what I'm looking forward to just uh, trying out a new game that uh, seems interesting. And also, at some point, uh, probably have to go see Spider-Man because everybody and their mothers telling me it's incredible. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, it, I, it I, is really good. I yeah. had a lot, I had a lot of fun. So yep. uh... <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. The one hundred percent approval rating I'm hearing for Spider Man, unlike my controversial opinion that the Matrix was good, which apparently uh ruffled a lot of feathers on the internet. I was like, Whoa, I had no idea. Uh so yeah. So I don't know uh, what people were expecting. I mean I also like it's it's the best Matrix sequel, like for sure, right? I right. mean I don't know. That's my like, that's that was my take on it. Like the like the movies two and three were like a four out of 10 on my scale easily. They were bad. So I went into this movie with very low expectations and I came away with a seven out of 10. So it, it knocked my socks off. If I had gone into the movie expecting a 10 out of 10, I would have felt much different about it. But my expectation, it, it, someone said it had very small shoes to fill and it did that. It filled those small shoes. Yeah. It filled those tiny baby shoes. The bar uh, was so tiny low, baby shoes. stumble over it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's time for us to strap on our tiny baby roller skates and roller skate ourselves out of Hell World for the week. Uh, before we get out of here, though, uh, once again, I would like to say a big thank you uh, to Trapezoid for joining us. Uh, is there anything uh, in particular you want to push or any place in particular people can find you on the Internet if they want more of your sweet, sweet opinions about this wacky Hell World we live in? Yeah, uh, best place is Twitter. Uh, I'm at uh, twitter.com. I don't need to tell you guys the URL for Twitter. Uh, I'm at get underscore innocuous, uh, or uh, if you search Trapezoid of Discovery, I'm, I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, I also have a substack at trapezoid.news that I push to occasionally. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. This has been a blast. Really, really enjoyed it and uh, appreciate uh, Mike or Boger, all the work you do. Yeah, thank you so much for the kind words and for filling in for Sarge, who's got holiday obligations. So uh, he is being, uh, or we, we like to think that he's being like bagged and like brought to Gitmo for the week or whatever. That's his, that's his holiday vacation because he's, uh, you know, he's he's a deep state military plant that talks to us on the on the radio, and they need to make sure they've got him properly programmed. He says menacingly, <laughs> punching his own uh, his other hand. As if though the audience could see such a thing. I've been doing that a lot recently. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this uh, another successful question mark episode of the Adventures in Hell World podcast. Uh, if you would like to continue to support the show, the easiest way to do so is to continue to listen and to get other people to listen. But you can also give us a five star review uh, wherever your podcasts are provided. Or if you have some money and you would like to give it to us, we would be very grateful for you to do such a thing. And you can do that at patreon.com slash poker politics. Uh, anybody who donates at the five dollar above tier gets access to a bunch of bonus content, including Cabalin, The Foulest Deed. Uh, and the currently ongoing What We Do Out of Shadows uh, series of mini mini episodes, uh, as well as other random stuff. A big assortment of bonus content in the pipeline there. And we'd like to thank this week's beautiful baby, Sasha M., for joining the crew. Hopefully, uh, Sasha, you were enjoying What We Do Out of Shadows. It was a lot of fun recording those episodes, uh, the ones that have been trickling out during the holiday season for y'all. If you have money and you don't want to give it to us, we totally understand. Do some good with it by donating it to love146.org, an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation. Hard to argue with that. 
As always, we'd like to thank DJ Minimal Effort for providing our intro song. It still gets better every time I hear it. Uh, if you would like to visit the voice artist friend of ours, Frosty, who is our voice of cube when we need it, but also our content warning and all of our bumps, you can find them on Twitter at FrostyVO. Sarge and I have a pop media podcast that we do, sort of a spinoff to this one where we get to talk more in depth about our dumb movie and TV pop culture references. You can find that uh, wherever you get your podcast at BingeWordy. That's B-I-N-G-E-W-O-R-D-Y. And on Twitter at BingeWordy, spelled the same way. So thank you guys very much for listening to this week's special guest star episode with Trapezoid. Uh, side of off for Trapezoid and myself, the mysterious L and our wonderful um, expert in all things QAnon crazy, Mr. Mike Rains. Good speed, patriots. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.